Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, everyone. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So happy new year, everybody. Yay. Cheers to another great year that's coming about in 2023. So before we get started, I just wanted to make a correction. I feel really bad about this. On our last episode, we reported very incorrectly. Um, Whitney was not in the Olympia. Um, as you can see, we did not go to the night show <laughs> for finals on Friday. So Missy Triscott was the winner. Um, I just wanted to correct that because I felt really yes. bad. I don't ever like to misreport things. So everything else we said in that, I'm sorry, that wasn't even last episode. That was like two episodes ago was our recap yeah yeah exactly of the olympia so sorry apologies there um but we have just a little bit of time less than a week for all of you to sign up for our new year new you challenge so i want to make sure i announce that before we get started with today's topic and it's just a great opportunity to try us out for eight weeks and it's going to go from january 9th until march 6th I believe. Is that their correct date for the ending? I know the beginning date's right. So you have until basically the 5th. Uh, I'm sorry. The 9th of January is when it starts. So you have until the 8th of January to sign up. And your challenge will end on March 6th. So we have lots of great prizes to win. It's a good way to just kick off the new year. And, um, you know, get some good habits rolling which yes. brings me into my topic for today's <laughs> topic is setting those habits for success. So this, just think of this like your prep life survival guide. So we've mm. got 20 simple health habits just that will help you in the new year. But first, before we get started, I wanted to do a little personal reflection on last year's goals and this year's goals that you have set. Chris, take it away. <laughs> Okay. Uh, spotlight. Um, so I would say probably for me for 2022, I set a lot of goals. Um, I tried to set goals for like family, for my career as a coach, for myself as an athlete. And I feel that after evaluating last year, I did a pretty good job on certain aspects. Like, I do feel like I continued to learn as a coach, like continued um, just advancing my knowledge base, working with my clients. I feel like we got better results last year than the year before. Um, so I feel happy about um, the way that <clears throat> I've grown in that capacity. And as an athlete, I do feel like last year I did a much better job um, with just re recomping my physique um, getting back into like really healthy habits with my nutrition. And I do feel like, um, based off of like some DEXA scans as well, like we did drop some body fat and put muscle tissue on. So I'm feeling very good about, um, but I do feel like I fell short on some of my goals that I wanted just connections with my family and friends. I feel like I got very focused on um, just the sport and advancing in that capacity that I didn't put as much prioritization on spending time with 
um, family members, mostly just being present um, and, you know, making some connections with my friends uh, outside of the sport because I have lots of friends within the sport. So for me, I think going into 2023, um, yes, I do have still some coaching goals uh, to help advance my athletes. And I do want to get back on stage this year and bring a better package. But I also don't want to neglect some of those like healthy social relationships. And it just as silly as like not being on my phone and being present when I'm with my loved ones, um, I think are some of my goals just to establish better, deeper relationships, create memories, do things outside of bodybuilding. Um, so I'm going to be looking to incorporate some of that into the new year. Uh, how about you, Amy? Uh, let's hear what 2022 was for you and what 2023 uh, looks like is coming up for you. Yeah. So from a coaching perspective, I think that this was our most successful year in terms of meddling athletes. We had 109 medals, five overall wins, which is five times or I don't know, so many more. Like we've doubled every year, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, we had 14 in the um, top five at national and pro qualifiers, which is, again, I think at least doubled, if not, you know, tripled or five times the amount. And then we had 10 athletes in the overall pose down. So it's definitely, we keep growing every year. Um, and the, the thing I like about that is that you know, when I was first starting with Glam Girl, I was, it was just me. And now this success is shared amongst, you know, all of the coaches, which seeing all of your success is really, really, really fun to be able oh. to see, you know, you had people placing in the top five at nationals this year, which was incredible. You had people yeah. in overall post downs. Brittany had several overall wins um, as a first-time yeah. coach. And just seeing those wins, it makes my heart just feel really full. And it makes me super excited to just double and triple and quadruple those amounts of um, successful, you know, people we put on stage for this coming year in yeah. 2023. So I'm very jazzed up about that um, in terms of career. Cool. I feel like that was really cool and um, again it's I think a reflection of everyone as working as a team that we're able to you know get the trainer of the year for the mid NPC Midwest which is kind of cool too um, yes. so there was a lot of success career-wise and then as far as being an athlete I was listening to our last year's episode and it's funny because I had like these really big aspirations to do um, you know this whole path of like, having a goal in July and it's just funny how you see how the year unfolds with all my perimenopause struggles and everything. I still sure. ended up on stage as an athlete and I really was happy with it, but I didn't even know about this show until May of 2022. So, um, the path that was set for me, you know, in my mind, it was a little bit different date wise than it ended up being, you know, in November, but sure. I was definitely very happy with being able to get on stage and, um, competing overseas and with travel opening back up, that's been really cool too, to just go to different countries. Um, I was just recently in Jamaica and 
I celebrated my parents' 50th wedding anniversary in Colorado. And one of the things that, you know, last year, I think my word for the year was uncomfortable. And then this Mm -hmm. year, I really want it to be connections. And so not only just with uh, my family and friends and, um, but also just with clients and coaches and seeing people more in person, we just had so many years of isolation and not being able Mm -hmm. to connect face to face that I want to have more of that, like those networking opportunities and getting back to circling back to my, my parents' 50th, we were watching, you know, a video of just my, all these people throughout my parents' lives, like sharing memories and things that they had. And it just made me realize that, like you were saying, um, really cultivating relationships on every level. Um, and I just think it's super important to do that. And so I want to make that a goal as well. And, um, yeah, just with, I mean, I know this is like a side note, but I know the economy is like, has changed a lot over the past year. Mm -hmm. So another, you know, one of my big, I think there's like lots of different categories that you can kind of set goals in. And one would be like just financial fitness (laughs) would be a good one. Um, and then just brain power. So really, um, you know, being intentional about what I put into my mind in terms of like the content that I consume with videos and and podcasts and audiobooks and things like that. So I love that. Yes, that is a great one. And I think oh, I've heard a lot. I've talked to several of my clients. I encourage them to make like a top three or five goals that you want to achieve. And I told them like you can share them with me if you want. Um, but they don't have to be fitness related and that way we can hold each other accountable and make sure that we're going after 2023 with these things in mind. Cause I do think like if you have intentionality by like listing them and we know we've talked about this on podcasts before, that's what helps bring it to fruition. Um, and a lot of people had financial, um, goals. They had a lot of fitness goals, a lot of financial goals. So, um, it'll be good for us to like hold each other accountable in that aspect. And, um, I just think that there's a lot of potential waiting for 2023. So yeah, feeling optimistic. Awesome. Okay. So these are very basic survival guide type of things, but I never want to discount because I, I feel like, so I had somebody reach out through a DM and they just said, you know, I've been kind of binge listening to your episodes but a lot of times you use like jargon that's very industry niche specific and she's like I just don't even know what you're talking about some of the time can you explain like your lingo so I I always want to make sure that we're you know I think that if you're a veteran that you're still going to find value hopefully in this podcast mm-hmm. but then also if you're a beginner so some things that I've noticed like with people I've just recently had a lot of newer um, people to the sport sign up recently mm-hmm. in the last month or so. And I've just noticed some trends of just habits that I kind of take for granted with myself that I've developed over the last 12 years that these fundamentals, I believe, are the foundation of success. If you can, you know, try to hit these 20 and be consistent with them throughout the year, you're going to find that you're going to really develop as a bodybuilder, in my opinion, 
Um, so they may be kind of simple, but and redundant for some of you, but I think we can kind of deep dive for those advanced listeners as well. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. Yeah. So, I mean, it wouldn't be the right podcast if we didn't make you say water <laughs> in 2023. So you take number one. Okay. I'll start with number one. Yes. So um, drinking plenty of water for uh, daily is great just for a variety of things. I mean, it helps regulate your body temperature. It keeps your joints uh, lubricated. Uh, it's great for your immune system, which is important for a lot of us right now. Uh, the pathway to deliver nutrients to your cells. Like there, there's a lot of like just whole like health things that water does for us. But I will tell you, hands down, my performance in the gym slacks when I'm not hydrated. So if you're driving in a car and not drinking a lot of water because you're traveling or on an airplane and you're getting dehydrated. Um, and, you know, there's different things that can cause dehydration, even like illness. So making sure that you're drinking, um, I mean, we typically recommend about a gallon um, or an ounce of water per pound of body weight uh, for each individual. Um, so taking an evaluation of what you're consuming throughout the day and making sure that, you know, maybe your energy will improve with a little bit of water, your training sessions will get better, your skin will look better. There's a lot of things. So yeah, stay hydrated is number one. Yes. Number two is get movement for at least 30 minutes every day. So the American Heart Association recommends that you engage in moderate exercise for at least 150 minutes per week. So that's about five days a week, you're getting 30 minutes. So depending on where you are in your season, I'm sure prep lifers, you're going to get a little bit more than that. Uh, considering, you know, depending on how much cardio or how, what your step goal is as a competitor, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, basically we're going to get that through strength training, which leads to the next one. Take it away, Chris. Yes. So strength training is great for, I mean, all lots of things as well. Uh, just with, you know, protecting your joints, um, being able to utilize your body and functioning as a whole. We in bodybuilding, uh, strength training is a lot of times geared towards aesthetic so we're building up the areas that we want, like for an hourglass where bikini is lots of shoulders and glutes, which I think a lot of people would agree with, um, creating that hourglass. So yes, our strength training is great for the aesthetic. We want to feel like our body has a little bit of shape. Um, but also like, it's just good for functionality and operate as an optimal individual. If you can climb stairs, if you can pick up things, if you can lift overhead um, and not like be achy, uh, there's just the, an overall benefit in that capacity as well. So I do encourage you like while you're training for your aesthetics and bodybuilding, make sure that you're incorporating some functionality things uh, definitely working tandem with your coach but that has been the one of a one of the really good changes um with with my body that I've incorporated so yes do your strength training which I'm sure a lot of people don't have a problem doing yeah and it really helps uh increase increase bone density which as women as we age uh, that point. can really decrease so strength training is a great way to get 
good bone density. And then number four is get enough fiber. And for most women, it depends on what your weight is and things like that and measurements, but you're going to be around like 20 to 30 grams roughly. Mm -hmm. And you want to get a good mix of soluble and insoluble fiber. So your roughage, which is your scrub brush, and then Mm -hmm. your kind of gel that, um, you know, makes everything kind of come together into a healthy stool. So getting enough fiber, we have our clients track that as their fourth macronutrient on their Um, you know, tracking apps, it's very important that you do that for regularity. And just in general, it also helps heart health and, you know, getting rid of like plaque and cholesterol and things like that. So there's a lot of benefits to that alongside feeling more satiated and full. I love that. And I love that you always like tell people not just to track your carbs, fats, and proteins but to look at your fiber content as well because i think that is really important um okay number five is working on your core strength and utilizing ab vacuuming so um i do think that so i have some specific viewpoints on core training i absolutely love dead bugs i put them in a lot of my clients programming i think if they're um executed correctly that has really helped my core stability and keeping my abs super tight while i'm doing my posing and standing on stage um so there are some really good core exercises outside of just like crunches um but even like isolation work for your core to help it not only like look great on stage but also to like we talked about previously stabilize your body it's like the middle of your whole entire physique and so if that is strong and functioning optimally your lifts will be better you'll just operate um like i said climbing stairs lifting stuff up it's it's a pivotal place of your body um and then as far as like i'm vacuuming i know i've had several people like dm me and ask my specific viewpoint on it and um it's kind of contrary to some other professionals um i don't like ab vacuuming where i'm sucking my diaphragm up into my rib cage and i'm not breathing um i don't think it's for me it doesn't feel like i'm training my core the same way that i would if i'm just focusing on pulling my belly button back to my spine and keeping my waistline as tight as possible like using those core muscles to shrink my waist and pull it in super tight and focusing on breathing while I'm doing that as well, because that's mimicking more of what would be happening on stage in my personal opinion. So um, yeah, core, core is a great thing to focus on as well. Yeah, it definitely prevents injury. And like you said, it's the foundation as a trainer. That's the first thing that a client will work on before they go to anything because your core gets engaged with every single movement. So Okay, so moving on to the next one, we have eat a wide variety of fruits and vegetables. And this is your gut microbiome's food that it eats, our fruits and vegetables. You get micronutrients from all the different colors. And it's important that we have a wide variety. I've talked about in previous podcasts that your gut, think of it like a farm. You're planting the seeds of good 
you know, feeding the healthy bacteria, the gut microbiome uh, needs that variety. And so that will really help your gut health if you uh, prioritize that. Yes, I love that. And while we're talking about consuming food, um, the next one is talking about um, getting in plenty of protein. So uh, being in the bodybuilding community, we know that protein is healthy for uh, building muscle. It's great for maintaining muscle in a dieting phase as well. Um, and the a lot of times the more muscle mass we have on our physique, the more we can recomp. Um, helping with lose some muscle or lose some body fat. So a protein does play a big role in how you're setting up your nutrition. Um, it also helps with satiety because it's slower digesting and making sure that you're getting protein that is complete sources of protein is really important to get the full benefit. So things like animal protein have all of your essential amino acids, uh, dairy wool as well. Um, and then making sure that you're, if you know, you're a vegetarian, that you're getting in plenty of your protein. Actually, Amy, why don't you talk on that? Cause I think that you have a better insight on what is essential for protein for vegetarians. Yeah. So there's the nine essential amino acids that are required to, um, you know, turn on muscle protein synthesis. So in mm -hmm. plants, they're just they're not complete, which doesn't mean that they don't have those essential amino acids, but you're going to have to basically double your protein intake because your different foods are going to have bits and pieces of each. So you need to have a wide variety of different sources so that you're getting all nine of those essential amino acids through it. So you just have to be a little bit more intentional there. Great. As far as number eight goes, we have consume supplements to help support a balanced diet. And similar to what I was just saying, this segues perfectly because when you're taking into account like a vegan dieter, it's hard when you have a physique goal to stay within your calorie budget and have yeah. this like massive amount array of different food items. So sometimes we need to fill in nutrient gaps. And for example, red meat is a very big producer of creatine. And that, mm -hmm. if you're not consuming red meat, you probably want to supplement with creatine monohydrate. That's just an example. But filling in those gaps, um, if you don't eat cold, fatty fish, um, you might want to yeah. do like a full mega, which has your essential amino, or I'm sorry, your essential fatty acids. So just mm -hmm. kind of filling in these gaps, you know, you may not be able to budget a piece of salmon every day, but you can certainly right. have like two capsules of an omega-3 and that's yeah. just going to help you. Again, it's not the end all be all. They're not going <laughs> to like save the world with, you know, you're not going <laughs> to see these huge differences in your physique just because you consume supplements, but they're definitely going to help optimize and as elite eaters, this is important yes. that we we do prioritize our supplements. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right. The intentionality there and sometimes like that little 1%, especially when you're an advanced athlete, can make a difference. So be, like you said, being intentional with what your nutrition looks like and then filling in the gaps, I think is great advice. Um, okay, so the next one is tracking your step count. 
So we know it's really important to move. Uh, Amy talked about this uh, a little bit further up when we were covering activity. Um, I do use an Apple Watch to track my step count. Um, currently, I have like a six to 8,000 step count goal, which is low. I feel like I am a just I just feel like I'm a natural like sloth person. I just never do well with steps. If you've ever heard any of the <laughs> podcasts, I'm just like always like, I don't want to track steps. But um, I think that having movement is super important. And if I didn't have a step tracker, I'd probably be even more lazier than I am now. So um, I love putting my step tracker on my ankle because I have a big pet peeve with going to the grocery store and using a shopping cart and it's not tracking my steps or um, anything else that walking around if I'm carrying something and I, I feel obligated to always swing my arm to track those steps. So to alleviate having to hyper-focus on swinging my arms, I got like a super long strap for my Apple Watch um, from Amazon and it's super easy. I'll just flip it over uh or put it over my foot and strap it to my ankle and I, so I wear my watch on my ankle everyone but um it serves a better purpose for me and shout out to um coach Brittany and um my client Christy because they were the ones that recommended that to me last year at the glam girl retreat and it's changed my life so you need to steps. yeah you need to share that and I'll put it in the show notes because I need to get one of those too I have that huge yeah. pet peeve I find myself pushing the cart with my right arm and swinging <laughs> yeah. my left. And it's so annoying. And the same thing at the airport when you're pulling your luggage, yes. I have to yes. pull it with my right arm. And <laughs> I just love that idea. So, Or if you're on a treadmill and you, you're like making a post, like you can have the, the watch on your there's just so many, so many benefits are endless. Yes. This is boom game changer for everybody. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing. Okay. So number yeah. 10, I kind of mentioned this on like the mental, um, aspects of your health. So mental health, I think is one that kind of gets neglected at times when we come to, you know, we have so many boxes to check as a prep lifer. So, you know, reading yeah. five pages of the book or listening to them on an audio for five minutes or listen to a podcast that's going to enhance your life or watching a YouTube video. Keep your brain sharp. Keep your, you know, mind that you're always learning. And I think that's mm-hmm. always a good piece of advice, especially if you're, you know, waning on motivation and things during the prep life, that would be a good way to recharge your batteries. Oh, that is exactly what I was going to say. Recharge your batteries. I love this one. And I like that you put it into a bite-sized piece of like five pages or, you know, five to 10 minutes of a podcast. That's, that's definitely doable. Um, and okay. So next one is journaling. So, um, I do encourage my clients, um, and I know this has worked really well for me to journal, whether it is something so simple as writing down one thing that you're grateful for at the end of the day. Like my mom will give herself one line of her journal and she's not allowed to go over it um, because it, sometimes we feel like we have to write a ton of stuff and it gives her just like that one point of like what was what was one thing she was grateful for. So you can do that or like Sometimes for me, if I feel like my mind is just racing and I have a ton of thoughts, um, 
journaling and just writing it all down. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be beautiful. You can just like empty it out um, has helped give me a little bit more clarity and feel like, um, I don't know, it just kind of like cleans out the cobwebs and I think helps me reset. So I know you have a really good recommendation for journaling that you discovered, Amy. Oh, yeah. I was just actually watching a video on Phoebe Hagen. So shout out to her. Watch her YouTube channel. Again, it was like five minutes into it. No, um, but I <laughs> I was watching her most recent post. I think it's her most recent where she's seventh in the world now. And yeah. I was there the day she won her pro card in Alicante. I was in her high class. So I've seen this journey from the very beginning. And she was mentioning, and I never knew this about her, that she puts she writes out her caption of her Instagram post way before it happens. So it took her three years to go pro and she actually had her caption written out. So she's visualizing mm -hmm. and putting this into fruition and um, basically like activating that thought process like it already happened. And so she's kind of, what is the word I'm looking for? I can't. Uh, she's manifesting manifesting her destiny that's exactly what I wanted to say Ooh, yes good. yes okay so number 12 is check in weekly with your coach and I just think that having an accountability person uh, that can look at things objectively that can yes. be an outside person when you have prep goggles when you are weighing uh you know with motivation you're you're not really like all the way there it's good to have a coach or somebody that's going to hold you accountable mm -hmm. yes hands down that makes a big difference I know people sometimes don't like doing it sometimes I don't like doing it but I always give people tons of credit when you check in with your coach and you don't feel like it I feel like that is where you are really establishing the habit and you're advancing so mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah we had a our check-ins are on monday so they were after two big holidays in a row and i just mm -hmm. gave huge kudos to those people that owned up that like yeah. the day after christmas checked in the day after new year's eve checked in so that's hard to do it's hard to make yourself yeah. vulnerable but that's the only way that your coach is going to know how to help you so exactly yes great point all right, so the next one is planning your meals um, and tracking. So one tip that you can do if you are macro tracking is planning out your meals ahead of time. So if you know, uh, like I do this before I travel for sure, um, just look at what a menu of a day would look like, plan it all out so you're not like as the day's going on trying to figure out what you're supposed to be eating, how to time your meals out, like plan it so all you have to do is go ahead and execute it and it takes less brain power less um you know trying to fit things in perfectly and and get all the macros exactly like they should be at the end of the day um and it allows for more consistency as well yeah and then 14 kind of segues into that just set aside time for meal prepping each week and i think that that's a huge time suck for a lot of people that they don't realize, you know, just making yeah. huge batches of protein for the week so that when you, you know, you're not playing Tetris with your, with your meals and you're yeah. not grabbing something out of convenience because you didn't prepare and then you're making right. mistakes. 
uh, because your yeah. blood sugar is dipped or you're hangry or tired and mm-hmm. you have nothing prepared and you don't have enough time to like grocery shop or um, get that food ready. Exactly. Yeah. No one likes going at the end of the day and they have like one gram of fat, three grams of carbs and like 40 grams of protein. Like <laughs> it's a hard meal to create. Egg whites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so this also kind of segues with the food is prioritizing whole food options. So um, I'm sure some of us have felt the effects of overdoing it with holiday sugary foods there. This is like the time of year to have all of the sweets. So making sure that you're getting in like Amy has mentioned fruits and vegetables, whole food sources, like your fats and carbs should not all be coming from brownies and cookies. I am a believer that there should be balance. So incorporating those things into your food, especially or into your menu, especially in an improvement season um, can be really good. And again, some of this stuff is person dependent, but I always think that you're going to get the most bang for your buck by making sure most of your nutrition is coming from those whole food sources. Your, your brain's going to work better. You're going to sleep better. Your training's going to be better. So um, just prioritizing that when you're doing your menu planning, I think will make a big difference. And speaking of sleep, number 16 yeah. is get seven to eight hours minimum of sleep a night. And your body is going to be able to reset your adrenals. Your mm-hmm. muscles are going to have time to repair. You're just going to function better as a human being, getting that amount of time. And you're going to see that as the prep lifer, you're going to progress a lot faster in your goals when it comes to body fat loss. Physique goals are going to be, you know, you're going to get better results if you are focusing on sleep. Yeah. Can I ask you what your sleep-wake cycle is? I'm just so curious. <laughs> um, I go to bed around 8 to 9 in the in, uh, yeah, because I'm an old lady. And then I usually wake up around 6 five or six. Okay. So yeah, just depending, I, I get a lot, I require a lot of sleep. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that I wish I was a better, like early riser person B- being sick the past couple weeks. I've been sleeping like so much. So my sleep schedule has completely like shifted. Um, so in the new year, I'll be working on kind of like pulling, getting up a little bit earlier and going to bed a little bit earlier. So I might not be doing eight o'clock like you, Amy, but I will be trying to shift in that direction. Um, So one thing here, this is our next point, is avoiding screens in your bedroom. So this will help me. Um, That blue light that emits from phones and TVs and all types of electronics actually um, doesn't allow for your, your sleep hormones. Like your melatonin will not get produced as much. Um, it will keep you awake and our bodies are really regulated by light. Um, so making sure that we are not exposing ourselves to bright light before bedtime will help you get into get, you'll probably start feeling more tired. You'll be able to get to sleep better. Um, good activities instead of TV and scrolling on Instagram or reading. Um, and like we talked about journaling, um, and maybe something more relaxing like stretching or foam rolling or taking a bath to help you get good night's rest. 
which segues into number 18 and 19. And since we're running out of time, I'm going to roll those two together. So you were talking yes. about a bedtime routine, dimming the lights so that your melanopsin in your eyes is getting adjusted to the fact that the sun is setting, having the room dark, having it cool, making sure that your nighttime routine, the last hour before bedtime does not have a screen involved, your phone included. So use do not disturb. Make um, time for foam rolling or one recovery item daily. And these are always good things to have as part of your nightly routine, whether it's like a hot Epsom salt bath, maybe it's some yoga and some stretching, some foam rolling, Theragun. Have at least one recovery item a day. Um, that's just a good way to wind down and to not have a screen mm -hmm. involved. Um, maybe you could get your five pages of reading in then for your nightly routine. Yeah. But do something that is going to allow your brain to recognize that the sun is setting and that it's time to go to sleep. Um, anything to add on those? Because I kind of stole yours if you want to. No, that's okay. I think the biggest thing that's helped me when I'm re trying to reestablish a nighttime and day uh, morning and nighttime routine is writing it down. So if there's any piece of advice I could give to people who like want to make a better routine, um, I've used an app called Structured, which just gives me like time blocks. But if like that stresses you out by having like specific times, and if you fall behind, you get like crazy like me. Um, just like writing it out and like maybe on a piece of paper, like I'm going to wake up at this time. I'm going to read from this time to this time. This is, I'm going to get ready and leave for work. So, um, just planning that out, I think could really help establish better routines. All right. And then you want to take the last one, 20 off our list. Yeah. So for our competitors, it's great to be practicing your posing daily. Um, whether that is getting in your suit and heels and going through your routine or sometimes for me it's just a matter of like going through some of my poses holding my front pose with my core tight in between sets in the gym um, but I do think the more consistently you can practice in your heels um, doing your full routine walking the more comfortable it will translate on stage because you'll put in that muscle memory and that that practice time so not waiting until a couple weeks before your show to be like oh crap i need to figure this out um and just really establishing as part of your routine is is a good habit to get into yeah and that concludes this episode of our prep life will life or survival guide <laughs> i can't talk um so yeah if you would like to let us know what you thought about this episode or any future episodes topics that you would want us to cover please feel free to dm us on instagram you can find us at prep life podcast or at glam girl bikini and we love 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 it when you tell us what you thought so please don't forget to tag us on your story rate review all the good things so that you can help other people find us that are interested in similar topics. So right. with that, I just wanted to give everyone a reminder that we have our retreat, our season kickoff coming up as our next event to connect on uh, February 17th in Phoenix, Arizona. And it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday retreat with Celestine's Turk. She's going to be 
talking about food relationship, doing like food immersion, um, talking about the mentality side of prep. And all of our fabulous coaches at Glam Girl will be going over like upper body, lower body, cardio, yoga, posing, all of the things, Mm -hmm. fitness. You don't have to be a competitor to sign up. You don't have to be a um, member of Glam Girl or just build build more than just a body. But you can, you know, we had lots of people last year that joined us and it was fabulous and lots of different representation from other teams. So it's just a good way to connect with other females in the sport. We go on a hike outside, do, we're going to do like a gala VIP red carpet event, um, at night. So we'll get fancy and all the things. I'm sure Chris is so excited about that part. Uh, (laughs) I will have the sign up link in the show notes for that, along with the new year, new you bikini challenge that we're be starting next Monday on the 9th of yes. January. So be sure to sign up for that before um, it's too late. And with that, this is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>